has all the knowledge you want. Malik books has all the knowledge you need. Malik books. Yeah, they have all the books that the whole wide world wanna read. Malik books. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Malik's Bookshelf, bringing a world together with books, culture, and community. Hi, my name is Malik, your host of Malik's Bookshelf, episode 65. Woo! You know, I was at the WrestleMania last week, and, you know, we was imitating Ric Flair. The whole time, you know, it was right here in my backyard, right here in Inglewood, right at the SoFi Stadium, and it was electric. And the people were electric and exciting, and people was in character. I had a wonderful time. You know, I grew up watching wrestling, and it's, it's, it's you know, a lot of people say, oh, that's fake. Listen, it, it might be scripted, but one thing for sure, you're going to have to be athletic. To, <laughs> to be a wrestler and you're going to have to endure a lot of impact on your body. The reality is that, you know, this sport was exciting and we had a wonderful time and woo, that's all we were doing out there and we were throwing up the ones for we are the ones and we were just cheering and so many people, they was in costumes, you know, and it was just a fun time. It was a fun time. Had a great time. When I saw that WrestleMania was coming to LA, Hollywood, WrestleMania goes Hollywood. I had to get my tickets. And we had some good tickets. And we had a good time. At the sold out SoFi Stadium. Woo! You know, that came from Ric Flair. But now, this episode, is entitled Roadblock. I'm going back to the basics, book reviews, inspiration, community, back to the basics. So enjoy episode 65, Roadblocks. My motivation for this episode is called Roadblocks. Roadblocks. Roadblocks, I believe, uh, is in everybody's life and there are challenges. The question is, what are you doing to overcome the roadblock? We all have them. Well, I'll tell you what I do. <laughs> I've tried to find the fastest and most effective method of overcoming the roadblock or going around the roadblock or going underneath the roadblock or going over the top of the roadblock. And it always work. It don't always work. But at least I try to come up with some strategy or tactic or just spontaneous. Because sometimes you got to get over a roadblock in an instant. Sometimes, man, I was at a trike meet and... This young lady, these two young ladies, they were battling. It was like neck and neck, side by side. And they were in the outside lane and out of nowhere, I guess they bumped each other and one of them fell on the ground and rolled into the lane that's on the inside. And another runner who they were, she was beating was right behind her. 
And she had to make a course correction. She had to make a decision. This roadblock just got in her way. This body. And she running with these spikes on the bottom of her shoes. I mean, you ain't got but a split second to make a quick decision and go over, get through that roadblock, go over that roadblock, go underneath that roadblock. Oh, guess what she did? She hurtled over that roadblock. She jumped over the girl and kept running and finished the race. They were running the 200 meters and she finished the race. Now, I know that might have been frightening. I know that might have been, you know, scary. Here you running full speed and out of nowhere, this girl just falls in her lane. And this young lady didn't want to stop. She didn't want to quit. So she hurled over her and finished the race. And that's what you got to do sometimes when roadblocks get in your way. You know, she hurled over hers. How you going to get over the roadblocks in your life? Because we all got them. We all need to, you know, overcome them. These are just obstacles in your life. But the reality is that you got the power, the ability, the force to get through any and all roadblocks in your life. Let me tell you about an incident. Um, I remember I experienced years ago on the freeway. And this could this this could have ended in death though this roadblock. Now, here I'm driving along. We heading out to Vegas. I got my sons. We heading on out to Vegas. You know, we traveling down the freeway. I'm in the uh, the fast lane, the farthest to the left. I'm going about seventy, right? And out of nowhere, this car. This is a four five lane highway. Out of nowhere. This car blew by me on my right side. Must have been going over 100 and something miles an hour. And you could see smoke coming underneath the tire. That's how. I mean, they went by me like I was standing still out of nowhere. Um, now, you know, it was a time when there would be a bigger lane on the left-hand side. Uh, uh, the emergency lane on the left-hand side, I guess you could say, where if something happened, you can pull over on that side as well as the right side. But in this case, um, there was no, there, it was it was limited. It was not that much room. I mean, it had a little space on the left side for emergency. But anyway, this car, man, blew by me, and it was going, man, I don't know, 120, 30, I don't know, because I'm going 70, and it went by me like I was standing still. So let me tell you what happened. This car... Right in front of me, went out of just blew by me, but then it went out of control. It turned, it turned left into the barrier separating, you know, both sides of the highway. So it crashed into the barrier. These big cement blocks and what have you, on the on the left side, and boom, and I'm the, and I'm driving right there in the fast lane, and this car is now in front of me, crashed into the barrier, sitting there with the front end, you know, I guess it was now to the uh, to passenger side because that car looked like a slinky, right? And I ain't had much room. I had to make a split decision, a split second decision. Oh my God, I can't stop. Matter of fact, I didn't even have time to look to the right. 
I ain't, you know, if I stop, it wasn't enough time. I reacted. There's this roadblock was right in front of me. I turned my wheel to the right so that I can avoid a head-on collision right into that car. And I'm going seven, so you know that jerk real quick made my car go out of control. I'm going out of control. Now I've got to turn this wheel fast to try to get my car. It's leaning on some tires, a couple of tires, and it, it looked like it's about to rise up, you know, it looked like I'm about to hydroplane and, and a couple of tires on, on the driver's side was, you know, every time I would turn the wheel in the direction of the swerve, then the other tires <laughs> look like they're about to elevate so anyway, I'm swerving, zigzagging on this freeway. I ain't even had time to see if anybody was on my right side when I pulled to the right. But I had to make a decision, a split decision. It was life and death. And I'm, I turned that wheel, man, to avoid hitting that car. And I went out of control. And I'm just turning the cars, trying to slow it down and get it under control. And I'm turning in the direction of the skirt of, 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 of the swerving and then trying to just, you know, get it under control and slow it up, man. And finally, you know, I was able to get it under control. Cars behind, you know, decelerated. And we got it under control. Well, my nerves were shot. I made a split second decision. I made a split second decision to avoid that roadblock that could have been fatal with me and my kids. And I was, you know, was blessed to avoid that collision, save my life, my kids' life or injury or what have you, and live to speak about it. And talk to you about these roadblocks. Well, anyway, I had to pull off to the next exit because I got to get my nerves right. I had to get my nerves right because my nerves was shot. <laughs> you know, after something like that, I'm like, wow. I, You know, it just unfolded in front of me the implications that could have occurred as a result of this person who didn't value their life, let alone anybody else. Because why are you going that fast on the freeway? Who are you trying to impress? What are you doing? What's going on in your mind? I don't know, but I know one thing, you're reckless. And you put everybody in danger. You could have, you, 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 you don't care about your life and you didn't care about nobody else's. And you out here going that fast and then your car get out of control and then you crash into the barrier and you, you know, and then it could have been a cascaded effect with every other car coming forth. So I give thanks to God. I made a split second decision to avoid the roadblock. A head on collision or avoid it. A head on collision or avoid it. Crash into that car. Yeah, I'm not going to say a head on, but because his car was was hit hit the barrier straight on and was sitting there so it, I would have went through uh his driver's side door <laughs> oh, cuz it looked like the engine was into the driver's side so I would have went power plowed I would have plowed right through that part probably it would have caused me to probably go up in the air who knows but anyway, I made a split, second, a split second decision to avoid that collision, which was a roadblock. And I swerved to the right, not even knowing if a car was right beside me. 
or anything. And then the, the car out of control and I finally got under control. Anyway, I made a split-second decision to avoid the roadblock. And that's how life is. Sometimes you got to make a split-second decision to avoid a situation what could implicate life or death. Sometimes you got more time to deal with a roadblock. But, you know, but nevertheless, you got to deal with it. You got personal roadblocks in your life right now. You got personal roadblocks in your life. Health-wise, relationship-wise, you can't avoid it. You got to deal with it. Why are you waiting until something drastically happens when you have a chance to deal with the roadblock right now? You, eat, you know you're eating the wrong foods. You know it's going to be a cascade effect. You know by eating all that sugar, you know you're going to get diabetes. These are roadblocks. You got a chance to make a decision right now before it gets too late, before you get a heart attack from heart disease. You know, before, you know, you, you're in a relationship and you need to make, you got a block, you got your roadblock there, you know, and it's disrupting your relationship. Got issues on the job. It's disrupting, you know, this roadblock is disrupting a healthy relationship on your job. You know, you, 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 you know it's right there in front of you. Are you refusing to do something about it? The course correct? To make a change? To overcome the roadblock? <laughs> Sometimes you want that promotion. You got some road, you got obstacles in front of you, a roadblock. How am I going to get that promotion? Do the work. Find a way to get the job, to get that promotion. Roadblocks. We got them in our life. You got ambition. You know, you got kids. <laughs> you got life. That's what that is. You got life. You got, you got obstacles. You got roadblocks. You got roadblocks you got to overcome because you got obstacles. These are roadblocks. You got obstacles you got to overcome. You got to overcome. It's part of life. And I know I got person, I got a lot of roadblocks in different areas, but they got to be addressed. They're not, you know, you know the definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing, expecting a different result. Well, hey, that roadblock ain't going away. So you got to figure out how to overcome it, how to address it, how to maneuver around it. Bottom line, you got to deal with it. We all got them. We all got them. But recognize that you got to do something about them to overcome obstacles. These are roadblocks. They're in your life. They're there for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. They're in your life. With that car coming and blowing by me and almost a collision. Well, hey, I might not know what the reason is, <laughs> but there's always a reason. You know, there's always a reason. And we need to overcome these roadblocks in our life. So anyway, that's my take. That's my, you know, message today on my podcast, Malik's Bookshelf, bringing a world together with books, culture, and community. Roadblocks overcome. My book review for this episode is a book that was mailed to me at Malik Books um, as a gift. It was autographed, and it was a book with a little note 
by the author suggesting that he thought the book had value and that it would be a good read for me. And if I didn't want to keep it, to gift it or sell it to someone. The name of the book is called The Wealthy Gardener, Lessons on Prosperity Between Father and Son, written by the author John Soforic. Now, I get a ton of books. I mean, a ton of books mailed to me um, every day, every week for review, whether from the publisher, self-published authors, independent authors. I get a ton. But for some reason, for some reason, this particular book by John Sofort got my attention. I don't know whether it was the picture on the front with the father and the son, whether it was the title, The Wealthy Gardener, or I saw something, Lessons on Prosperity. Nevertheless, the book intrigued me, and I decided that I would read this book. And boy, oh boy, this book was a gem. The Wealthy Gardener, I'm still trying to dissect this book. And I'm going to continue to reread it because in in the journey, as I read, it's a book with fiction mixed with nonfiction because John Sephora thought that his son could digest his book in a way without preaching to his son. And he would it would be more effective, more meaningful, and more enlightening instead with this approach, instead of just writing it completely nonfiction and coming across as though he was preaching to his son. But it's a book about the lessons of prosperity. The, the motivation is it's a it's you know the, the the John wanted to use the lessons he learned on prosperity and success as a, as a real estate, because he owned a, a, a real estate guru. He owned um, a, a garden, and he was nicknamed the Wealthy Gardener, and he found that his friends gave him that name. Why? Because uh, he worked a lot. He worked, you know, he had a, a, a vineyard, and he had a farm and a restaurant, and he, he had you know, uh, this business model that made him work a whole lot and he was considered a workaholic and he had these conversations all the time. Oh, why do you work so hard? What's good if you have all the money and can't enjoy it? Oh, you know, it was just as he, um, he didn't want to be normal and he wanted to work to acquire financial freedom. That's what this book is about. Lessons of prosperity to become financial free. We're all, we're it, all your money worries, all these problems that we get for a lack of money. He wanted to eliminate that by becoming financial free and being able to have enough money to change his life in a way that any obstacle that comes in his way, he had the money to address it. 
If he wanted to take a trip for a year, he had the money to be able to take a trip for a year. If he had um, a medical issue, he had money to address the, the medical issue. If he was sued or what have you, he had insurance and money to have the insurance policy to deal with the situation. He just wanted enough money to have financial freedom and not have the problems that money, the lack of money produces in people's lives. And that was his driving force. And this book, it's about 350 pages, but boy, oh boy, is it powerful. Every chapter I found insightful and relatable and very on point. Easy to read, powerful lessons. I mean, powerful. It takes you on a journey. I mean, you start to see yourself. You start to see, like he used this one parable um, in this book about uh, four people dying, each living a different life. Each, their book of life was unfolded before St. Peter's and each person to make something of their life, even if they was of average intelligence, even if they wasn't born with much, even if they had the car stacked against them, grew up in a house fatherless or motherless or was an orphan, that there was an opportunity because you had time. You had the same time, even though you might start in the back at the time, 24 hours a day to make a change in your life. And these four people that he talked about, uh, they opened their life up uh, to St. Peter's and, and had, so he could judge them. They all, two of them was sent back to the earth as one as a cow so, so he could just, you know, eat grass his whole life and the other, <laughs> an ox so he could work his whole life because they didn't take advantage of the opportunities that they were afforded in life despite their situation. And, and so St. Peter's judged them in a way saying, you just go back as a cow and just eat grass. And the other, your ox, since you was born of, 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 of talent and failed to use it, then I'll just let you work hard and be mindless like an ox. Send them back, see? And this one lady, she, you know, to two women, um, what, 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 one of the ladies was sent back. Well, one of the ladies was sent back there as a cow, and one of the men was sent back as the ox. But one of, one of the men was sent back um, because he was a good person. Um, he helped other people. Um, he worked hard. He didn't have much. He wasn't born with a lot of talent. 
but he was afforded the opportunity to go back and just, you know, live a meaningful life and be helpful towards others. And then the female, she excelled more so than um, her talents and her abilities, and it and it and and she was very helpful, and she was engaged in the community. So he, you know, he sent her back, you know, as an angel because she was so um, always giving and always working hard to improve upon her quality of life. So she was sent back as an angel. Anyway, um, it's just all these lessons in here, particularly the lesson in this book where Santos, who was his operations manager, uh, he was going to afford him an opportunity, but he needed for him to offer his time to help improve upon the farm that he brought next door. And he wanted him to cultivate the farm, make something of the farm, use his imagination, improve upon it. But he needed to do, he needed to run his, his, while he went out of town for about a year, he wanted to, Santos to make sure that he maintained his business, his vineyard, but also develop with his imagination and find a way, a creative way to make the farm next door turn that around into a thriving business. When he came back, you know, he found that Santos didn't do nothing with the farm next door because it didn't wasn't associated with any profits, any increased income, any increased monies. So basically Santos said, hey, I'm only motivated if you're going to pay me. So, but if I'm not, why would I give up my time to cultivate this farm and I'm not going to benefit money-wise from it? So, unfortunately, John had um, a gift that he wanted to give to Santos. If he had shown his place, he put in position of authority to run his place and to develop a new business. In so doing, he would have. His intent was to simply, if he can show profitability and then develop the farm next door, he wanted to gift Santos the farm next door. I guess they would be in business together. He wanted to, it was a long, it was, I mean, he was one of his best and longest workers in his business and he wanted to elevate him, but he had to show that he was willing to make a sacrifice in his absence. So it was like a test, but at the same time, Santos failed. Sometimes we get gifts in our lives and opportunities in our lives and we don't take advantage of it simply because we're looking at to get something right now for it. And the bigger picture is what we're going to get later on down the line if we would just accept the opportunity, the challenge. You had a, ch- I mean, instead of Santos saying this opportunity, maybe, you know, I'll get promoted or maybe something of value will come out of this. He left me in this position of authority. He put this extra weight on me. Instead of me using that as an opportunity to elevate and to advance, he saw it as a burden and he didn't do nothing. <laughs> so, hey, 
like I said, this book right here is relatable, is mind-bending, is thought-provoking. The Wealthy Gardener, Lessons of Prosperity Between Father and Son by author John Sephora. Now, I'm going to have to order this book for the store, but you can rest the show. Pick this book up at Malik Books. And I'm going to be coming back with you with some, of the, some more of these lessons that I'm learning from this book. But this book right here is very, very enlightening. Thanks for listening to Malik's Bookshelf, where topics on the shelf are books, culture, and community. Be sure to subscribe and leave me a review. Check out my Instagram at Malik Books. See you next time.